Good evening and welcome to the Process Fantasy Football Podcast for week five of the NFL season. Uh, I think this is recording on time, so I'm not sure if I got the whole thing in there or not. I'm just saying that again one more time for the intro. Welcome to week five. This is the process of the NFL Fantasy Football week five football season, and we're going to go through a bunch of stuff tonight. Uh, my name is Aaron Larson. I am one of the staff writers for the Fantasy Footballers, and I also host the Process Fantasy Football podcast every week, uh, bringing it to locker room now so it's live and we can get some interaction in here. Looking forward to it. In fact, as I speak here, I'm going to go ahead and just post this right to Twitter so maybe some more people will see it. And um, definitely here to hopefully help out as you're making all your decisions for week five with the game starting tomorrow night, Thursday night. So uh, Wednesday night's a nice time to host this. And this will also go up in the podcast uh, format tomorrow morning sometime. It should be live. Uh, but I'm going to go through a lot of stuff to hopefully help with start-sit decisions. Maybe you're still doing some waiver wire claims. Maybe you've got some trades going on, uh, trade options out there. Uh, even maybe doing some DFS lineups or maybe even doing player props, which is something I've been getting into a lot more lately. So if you are in the room here, feel free to stop me at any time. Uh, you know, talk over in the discussion tab or request to speak if anything I'm saying sounds uh, sounds good or if we have questions, just let me know. Uh, I'm going to start off with a little bit of news because uh, it's pretty big news. The uh, The COVID is not going away, so that brings up all kinds of fantasy questions. Uh, right now we have little outbreaks, would you call them? We have some positive tests at least. Uh, the Patriots, the Titans still and the Raiders all reported some new tests, positive tests today. So as of this recording, the NFL says they are moving forward with at least the Patriots game uh, and the Raiders game, as far as I'm aware. Titans game seems a little more up in the air with that situation. The other big news of the day was Dwayne Haskins being benched uh, in Washington and Kyle Allen getting the, nodding, getting the nod uh, as the starting quarterback there. Not really a very fantasy-relevant switch uh, because hopefully you weren't starting Dwayne Haskins anyways and you shouldn't be starting Kyle Allen now. Uh, but there are – well, there's Terry McLaurin. There is that. So, But Kyle Allen was able to support uh, DJ Moore last year. So I, Terry McLaurin is talented enough. He should be fine. Don't panic on him. This might actually be some good news for Antonio Gibson, the, the rookie running back who is great in the passing game. And Kyle Allen – one thing he can do is uh, check down. We saw that plenty with Christian McCaffrey in Carolina last year as well. Uh, so that's the news of the day. It's a little bit of the landscape of the week we're looking at. We have bye weeks now. So this is when the, the fantasy football season, you guys are working a little bit harder. Uh, only two teams this week, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. So those players aren't available, obviously. Uh, some big names there. We have the Packers have been just on fire. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams hasn't been available, but still the good news is he should be fully healthy now when he gets back. Uh, we have a new tight end superstar, Robert Tanyan, not available to play this week. Uh, then in Detroit, we've got Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford. Uh, if you were starting a running back, we probably weren't counting on them. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's been having some nice games this season too, so they won't be available. Looking at the rest of the slate, we have a Thursday night game, not the best game in the world to watch probably but it should be better than last week and it's nfl football so 
who are we kidding? We're going to watch it. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, going to Chicago. Tampa Bay's favored in that game, moderate, 44-point over-under, so probably not a lot of fantasy points to go around in that game. Tom Brady definitely startable, not the best start this week. Uh, Mike Evans, have to start. Probably good to start Montgomery. Allen Robinson's got to be a start. So that's what to look forward to for Thursday night's game. Uh, some of the more highlightable games for the, the upcoming week on Sunday Kansas City and Las Vegas, that has a 56-point over-under. That's pretty high. That should be a lot of fantasy points going around in that game. And Kansas City is favored by 13, which is a very big uh, point spread. So we'll talk about them a little bit later. Another very high, even higher over-under expected point total, the Sunday night game, Seattle and Minnesota, 57-and-a-half. So we'll talk about some of those players coming up as well. Uh, Some of the... Lower some of the, the games to avoid. The Philadelphia and Pittsburgh game is the lowest expected point total on the week, 50 or 40, 43 and a half points there. So, you know, there's some players there for sure you can start, but probably not a lot of points to go around. Really weird, you don't see this often, but there are two games right now on the schedule that don't even have over-unders in Vegas. The, the Buffalo-Tennessee game, because that's so up in the air. And then the Denver-New England game, I, I guess I couldn't find one anyways. And I saw a couple of different spreads, but nothing official. Again, that one a little bit up in the air with Stefan Gilmore and the positive COVID test. So we'll, we'll adjust to that as we go. All right, let's talk about some specific positions and uh, some players that I'm really uh, kind of targeting this week and really like in fantasy lineups or even in DFS. Uh, so I'm going to go position by position here. For the players that I like, I call these my attack players because I'm going to try to attack the player, get them in my lineup somehow, or maybe it's a trade target, uh, just somebody that I want on my team. So at quarterback, first guy I want to mention is Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina quarterback, who was off to a really slow start to the season, but he really made a big jump last week, finished as the quarterback four overall in the week last week, and now he is taking on Atlanta in Atlanta in the Dome. Uh, but Atlanta is getting thrashed. They are giving up the most points to quarterbacks. They're averaging 33 points per game uh, to the quarterback position. So Teddy Bridgewater is like lined up perfectly just to kind of keep with that trend. Uh, they've given up, let's see, Atlanta gave up the quarterback one, quarterback one, quarterback four, which was against Chicago, <laughs> uh, and then quarterback three. So Bridgewater has top four, top three upside this week. He might not get there but he definitely is somebody that is worth starting and is possibly available still in a lot of leagues. He has all the weapons you could ever want. Robbie Anderson is falling out in Carolina now that he got away from the Jets and Adam Gase. DJ Moore has not been what everybody expected, but he has not been bad. He just hasn't found the end zone, and he's been overshadowed by Robbie Anderson. Moore could break out any week. Uh, Even Ian Thomas found the end zone last week, the tight end. Mike Davis is still doing work through the air. And even Curtis Samuel can break a play at any point. So Teddy Bridgewater is primed for a big week this week. Staying at quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not somebody I usually typically like to play in fantasy football, but he plays Seahawks. I mentioned before, this is the highest expected point total of the week. And the Seahawks give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Minnesota utilizes their wide receivers. Their tight ends 
not so much. Delvin Cook catches a couple of passes, but really they funnel those two guys. Uh, so it should line up again, high over under. Russell Wilson is probably going to be chucking the ball around because Seattle's defense isn't bad. This could be a very high scoring output. Uh, like I said, highest over under of the week. Adam Thielen, also a great player right there. He's kind of quietly the wide receiver four on the season. I did not realize that he has been that good and that consistent this year. So he's another awesome play. And Justin Jefferson has broken out, I think it's safe to say, over the last two weeks, so weeks three and four, you put those together, and he was the wide receiver four of those two weeks. So Kirk Cousins, someone's got to throw those guys the ball, and he's the guy. So I think Cousins is a good play. Uh, Desperation, if you are uh, in a deeper league, maybe you have Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford, and there's nobody available out there. I think it's it's gross. So, but I think you can play Joe Flacco. It sounds like he's going to start against Arizona. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not advocating to go pick up Flacco and start him over anybody that's halfway decent. Um, but if you're, like I said, desperate situation, desperate times, call for desperate measures. If he's the starting quarterback, you can uh, kind of hold your nose and put him in the lineup. Okay, those are the, uh, the quarterbacks that I like so much. And there's other guys as well. I'm going I'm to try to avoid the, the really high-end guys. Obviously, you are playing Patrick Mahomes. You're playing Lamar Jackson. Trying to find some plays you might not think about. Uh, at the running back, you're probably thinking about this guy, but James Robinson, I just want to talk about him for a minute because he is the running back six on the season. This guy was undrafted, both in fantasy drafts and in the NFL draft. And here he is as the running back six overall right now. Uh, he got a lot of hype after that primetime Thursday night game. He didn't get as hyped last week, uh, probably because he didn't score a touchdown, but he still had a really solid game. He's had at least 17 carries in every game. That's a crazy high floor he's got. 18.8 targets, oh, excuse me, carries per game. So again, he's getting the workload. He has these, this, this is a stat that shocked me for a couple, couple different reasons. He has the second most receiving yards in the NFL for running backs. So that in of itself, that speaks to how much he's being used in the running game and the passing game. The thing that shocked me here, he has 169 passing yards. That's good, solid, second most in the league for running backs. Alvin Kamara has 321. That is just bonkers. He's nearly doubling the second, second place guy. So anyways, that's of course you're playing Alvin Kamara. I don't think I need to talk much about him. Um, but yeah, James Robinson is shaping up to be the definition of a league winner. He's a guy that if you were drafting late in the season, maybe you took that late flyer on him in your fantasy draft more likely you got him off the waiver wire and he's like kind of like the Phil Flimsy of a couple of years ago. He's coming out of nowhere and being one of the top running backs in fantasy football. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was the first, uh, first rookie running back drafted in the NFL draft in April. And he had that huge breakout week one. And he's been kind of just this middling. Okay. Play since then. But I think that changes again this week against the Raiders. I think he blows up again. Uh, the Raiders, like you're going to hear this a lot, uh, they are giving up the most fantasy points to running backs on the season. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, did I even say his name yet? <laughs> C-E-H, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He is, he is the only running back that's worth having in Kansas City. There is none of this uh, Daryl Williams or Darwin Thompson coming in. He has played, uh, 80, excuse me, he's played 73% of the snaps last week. That was a season high. He's played at least 62% in every game. That's a lot for a running back. 
he has an 80% rush share. He has to carry the ball 80% of the time that they have handed it off in Kansas City. That's a high-powered offense. He's getting the ball. The Raiders are a bad defense against the run. This lines up perfectly. Um, <clears throat> he's also had a 13% target share. So for a running back, that is solid. Uh, next guy, James Conner. I'm going to talk about a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers this week because they kind of seem like a forgotten about team because they had that unexpected buy last week. But James Conner, he quietly, he's had back-to-back games with 100 yards and a touchdown. He's basically coming off of a bye, so there's no injury concern whatsoever. You know, there's always a little bit of concern with him because he's got that history. When he's played solid in week two and three and then basically had a bye in week four. Uh, They're playing against the Eagles, so Eagles have been not good so far this year. Uh, James Conner, one of my favorite plays of the week. I have started making some DFS lineups, and he is in all of them so far. Uh, And then one more running back I want to mention. Check the waiver wire for Le'Veon Bell. He started practicing this week. He he had that hamstring pull. He was on the team IR, but he's back. No guarantee yet if he's going to play this week. But I was able to pick him up in a league this week on the waiver wire because some fantasy managers are probably, rightfully so, getting frustrated waiting for him. And then not to mention that there have been so many injuries. If you needed to replace somebody, you probably were okay with dropping Lev Bell a couple weeks ago. Well, he's coming back, and he's not going to be a a league winner, but he is about as safe as it gets when it comes to volume. Even if it's not good volume, at least he's not going to give you a, a zero in your box score. Okay, so those are the running backs that I really like. So let's go over to the wide receivers. First wide receiver I want to talk about. Uh, Again, this is not a surprise, but I just want to highlight just how high up I have him this week. That is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, the wide receiver three on the season so far. Maybe not a huge shock, a little bit higher than you would expect. But the way he's doing it is so much different than we're used to seeing. Because usually Amari Cooper is the guy that, will have 25 fantasy points one week, and then he'll have two the next week. And then he'll have that alternating inconsistency. He's been super consistent so far this year. Part of it is he leads the entire NFL in targets. Uh, He's clearly the number one target in Dallas, which is a huge thing because Dallas, as of right now, four games a quarter of the way through the season, uh, they're on pass to throw the ball 804 times, which is insane. They probably won't get that number, uh, but they, and they're going to be in the six, seven hundreds. Seven hundred has only been hit uh, by Matthew Stafford in 2012. So the targets are going to keep coming. He's actually healthy. He's actually consistent. Oh, and he plays the Giants this week, who are not a strong defense. So Amari Cooper, again, another one of my favorite DFS plays this week. I know if you've got him, you're playing him. So I just want to put that out there. Next receiver, I'm going to talk about a lot of these guys. Like I said, the Forgotten Steelers. Deontay Johnson. He might be the most forgotten stealer because he was just starting to break out and then he had the concussion in week three and left that game early. But remember before that, it appeared that he was taking over as the wide receiver one, the fantasy guy you wanted to own for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking at the target share on the season, Deontay Johnson has 23% of the targets, Juju Smith-Schuster, 18%. So it's we're starting to see that and Pittsburgh should be able to move the ball on Philadelphia. Deontay Johnson, definitely somebody who might be out there. I think he's a good trade target, and he's a guy that I like a lot this week as well. I already mentioned 
Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they're both smash plays. Thielen obviously is a, a top option, but I am very, very comfortable starting, uh, starting Justin Jefferson now. He was a hot pickup last week. It's probably not available anymore, but it's worth a check in some of the more casual leagues out there. Like I mentioned up front, highest over-under of the week. Seattle, terrible against uh, wideouts. Great play. Back to the Dallas game. On the other side of the ball, the New York Giants, Darius Slayton. He is going to be, he's the Dallas, or excuse me, he is the New York Giant receiver that makes the big plays. They're going to have to be passing the ball because Dallas is going to be leading this game most likely one way or another, either through the air or they might just run the ball with Zeke down their throats and score that way. Either way, the, uh, the Giants are going to have to pass. Now, I don't really like uh, Daniel Jones this week. Uh, just too many turnovers and too much uh, uncertainty there. But Slayton, I'll play all, all, all week long. He has a 20% target share for the team. That's okay. But here's where it comes and gets a lot better. He easily leads the team in air yards. Air yards is how deep downfield the passes are, are going. He is their big play guy. The Cowboys, they give up the second most points to receivers on the, on the year so far through four games. So Slayton matches up well. Uh, a little bit of a off-the-board play. Uh, a guy you might be worried about this week, Tyler Boyd, because they're going up against Baltimore. Baltimore is one of the best defenses in the league. They do have some of the best cornerbacks in the league. But Tyler Boyd, first of all, he's going to be in the slot most of the time. So he's got going to have better matchups there, more space to work and not having to worry about those shutdown corners as much. And he has performed okay against Baltimore in the past. He has not been shut down by them. He's played eight career games, and he's averaging a modest 55 yards a game. He's had two touchdowns against them. So not terrible numbers, and that was uh, primarily with Andy Dalton and even Ryan Finley last year. So I'm a big-time believer in Joe Burrow. I don't love A.J. Green this week. I don't like A.J. Green at all this week, to be honest. Uh, and I don't love T. Higgins this week. I like him in the long term. But I am just fine with, with Tyler Boyd this week. So, yep, last, last receiver. I've had a lot of receivers I wanted to talk about. Last guy, this is a deep shot. This is kind of a collier shot, uh, a Thursday night special, if you will. That's Darnell Mooney from the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think he was a fifth-round draft pick in the NFL draft. He's a speed guy, 4'3", 8'40". He's playing opposite of Allen Robinson. You know Allen Robinson's getting all the attention. But Darnell Mooney has seen his, his, uh, his involvement grow every week of the season so far this year. He is, I think it's pretty safe to say, overtaken Anthony Miller as the number two receiver in Chicago. Uh, his snap percentage, first week, 32%, then 60%, then 62%, 74% last week. He's on the field. That's the number one thing you need to do to get fantasy points. Step one, get on the field. He's running more routes, 13 pass routes that he ran in the first week, then 21, now 35 and 34 in back-to-back weeks. So he's a guy that could be getting a, you know, it just takes one big shot for him, getting the ball in space, use that speed, get to the end zone. Uh, I like him as a deep play this week if you need somebody. Tight ends. Tight ends are always, always tricky, especially, well, especially this year, but especially every year. So I'm going to go ahead and give a little confidence, confidence boost to Evan Engram. He has not been, you know, since his rookie year, he came out on fire as a rookie. 
since then, he hasn't been what the fantasy community has wanted him to be. Uh, he's been injured a lot. He's been inconsistent. But he, he's, he could be turning things around right now. He's showing signs of life, at least. He leads the, the uh, Giants in targets. He is the third most targeted tight end in the entire NFL. And he had 10 targets last week. Like I mentioned, I believe they're going to have to be playing from behind and throwing the ball against Dallas. Dallas ranks 27th in the league against fantasy tight ends. So that's not good. That's near the bottom. Evan Engram could be in for a big week this week. Uh, another guy that has been a disappointment until last week. So I guess he was a disappointment for the first three weeks. Ian Thomas going up against Atlanta Falcons. I mentioned Teddy Bridgewater and how much I like him and all of his weapons. Oh, before I move on. Oh, Debo or Crowder. I'm gonna, I just got done talking about receivers, but I will go back to this for Josh. Joshua Allen here. Uh, Debo or Crowder. I would go Crowder. I, for, for this week, I would go Crowder. I believe he's going to get the targets. Uh, there might be ugly targets. They might be Joe Flacco targets. But I don't trust Debo yet because I don't know who the quarterback is going to be there. And I don't know what his snap count is going to be. He only played, I think, like 25 snaps last week. So I think they're easing him in. And I, I would go Crowder. Brandon Cook's droppable now. I think Brandon Cook's is droppable if there is a really nice piece out there on the waiver wire to pick up. I think that Cooks is going to be a guy that you can't trust week to week. Uh, obviously, he put up a zero last week, which I think is something you might see again. And you might also see the, the big blow-up games. He might be very similar to how uh, Will Fuller used to be in this offense or kind of like your Miko Hardman type of guy. So I would take Crowder, and I'm okay dropping Cooks if there's somebody you would prefer to have there. So All right. Um, yeah, and keep these questions coming. Anybody that's got a question, put it in the discussion. I'll try to watch that tab a little bit closer to make sure I see them. And if you want to actually speak up, just uh, hit the speaker request button and we can, we can talk stuff out too. Um, but anyways, let's say, I was talking about Ian Thomas. So I was just before this saying how many points that the Giants give up or that the Cowboys give up to tight ends. Atlanta gives up even more. I just, I tweeted this out earlier today. And I uh, got some responses. So the Falcons, here's their schedule so far this season against tight ends. Week one, Greg Olson scored a touchdown. Week two, Dalton Schultz scored a touchdown. Week three, Jimmy Graham scored two touchdowns. Week four, Robert Tanyan scored three touchdowns. So if these trends continue, uh, I'm not saying that Thomas is going to score three or four touchdowns, but he could easily score a touchdown and then, and, you know, if you get a tight end that catches even one pass for a touchdown, he's probably going to be a usable tight end in fantasy football right now. Uh, and then I would be remiss if I didn't mention one more uh, forgotten Pittsburgh Steeler, Eric Ebron, another guy that might have been dropped because he couldn't play him last week. Well, he goes up against Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the 30th team ranked against uh, tight ends so far this season. He had seven catches, oh, excuse me, seven targets, five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown last time out. It seems like he is getting integrated into the Steelers' offense with Ben Roethlisberger. So I think he is definitely somebody you can play at tight end this week. Uh, on to defenses. I am a big proponent of streaming your defenses, which means you look at the matchups and you pick a defense that's going to be good for this week. 
And if you get a defense for multiple weeks, even better. But I like seeing who they, my teams are playing against more than the team that I'm actually selecting. So some streaming type defenses this week. I believe the Arizona Cardinals are a team you can stream because, well, let's face it, the Jets have been bad. They have actually been the best team to play your DST against so far this season uh, for fantasy football number-wise. Uh, Joe Flacco, like I said, is probably starting. And again, desperation, sure, go ahead and start Flacco, but that doesn't mean he's not going to turn the ball over. Uh, they're probably not going to put up a lot of points. Arizona's got some athletes on defense. They can, they can pressure the passer. They can get sacks. They can get turnovers. Uh, Dallas, Dallas defense, not good. You don't need to have a good real-life defense, however, to have a good fantasy football defense. Like I mentioned, Daniel Jones is not good at possessing the football. He fumbles it. He throws picks. He gets sacked. Uh, so Dallas could do all those things. Dallas might give up 30 points, which I know doesn't look great in your fantasy box score. But if, he, if they get uh, three or four turnovers, maybe take one to the house, they're going to look just fine. Uh, and then again, I mentioned it over and over again, check for Pittsburgh. People may have dropped Pittsburgh's defense last week because they couldn't play them. If they're available, they are one of the best defenses in the league. And Philadelphia, who they play, has been struggling so far. So those are my favorite plays throughout uh, at each position so far. My favorite non-obvious plays, I guess, for, for a lot of them. So if you've got any other questions, keep them coming. Uh, I am going to go over some of the players that I am not so hot about this week. Some of my, I call them my avoid players because I am, as you might think, avoiding them if I can. First off, quarterbacks again, uh, Baker Mayfield. He's been okay lately, but he played the Colts this week. The Colts have been the number one team against quarterbacks. So Baker Mayfield is a perfect example of one of those streaming guys, those middle tier guys that in a good matchup, you play them. And in a bad matchup, you do not play them. And this is a bad matchup. Uh, the Colts, like I said, they've given up 11.2 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. That is ridiculously low. Plus, the Browns want to run the ball. They have the second most rush attempts in the NFL. I don't think that changes just because Nick Chubb is out. They have a very strong offensive line for, for uh, rushing the ball. They actually did a really nice job turning that around this offseason, it would appear. Uh, they have the second most rush attempts in the NFL. I think I mentioned that. They have the fourth fewest pass attempts. Now, some of the teams that they are <laughs> that are in that list include Tennessee and Pittsburgh, talking about total. So really, they basically have the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL. Uh, the Colts, on the other end, they're not exactly going to push the pace either. This does not, this probably will not turn into a shootout. So Baker Mayfield is a full avoid this week for me. Ryan Fitzpatrick who I loved last week. I think a lot of people were kind of on that, that Fitzpatrick streaming game last week. I am not on Fitzpatrick this week. You know, jump ship. I think you can cut Fitzpatrick if you want. There's probably better options out there on the waiver wire. Playing against San Francisco in San Francisco, that's going to be a tough place to play, tough defense to go up against. Uh, and I think, like I said, he's a full cut because I think Tua is coming sooner than later. The The fact that Miami felt the need to announce that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still their starting quarterback for week five. I think that's where it lays the groundwork for, okay, Tua is going to be coming, if not week six, week seven. My, my over-under would probably be week eight. I would say he gets the starting job before week eight. And I'm just not basing that off of anything 
insider or anything. I just, that's, that's my feeling for it. Fitzpatrick is going to have one of these four interception games coming up. Uh, as soon as that happens, I think that'll be it. And that could be this week. So I'm staying away. Then a uh, third quarterback I'm staying away from is Carson Wentz. Uh, his fantasy numbers have actually looked okay the last couple of weeks, but he has not been playing well. And his fantasy numbers look okay because he's had uh, a rushing touchdown in three consecutive weeks. Now, don't get me wrong. Wentz is a fine runner. He's not, you know, a good athlete. He's probably maybe a little underrated as a runner, but he's not somebody you're going to design runs for. He's not that I, you can't expect a rushing touchdown on the ground from Wentz every week. They're going to Pittsburgh, solid defense. He's been struggling, still has no receivers. Even Zach Ertz looked bad last week. I'm not avoiding Ertz. Ertz is somebody you have to play, uh, but Ertz and Miles Sanders. And then I think that's the list for the Eagles I'm willing to play this week. Uh, running backs. So running backs I'm avoiding. Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins. He has been a surprisingly solid running back this season. Running back 30 on the year so far, which may not sound great, but that's I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a touchdown yet. So that's purely on yardage. But I don't think he's going to get a lot of yardage against San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, number one against running backs so far uh, on the season for fantasy football. He's going to get volume. You know, he's getting way more carries than Jordan Howard. He's getting way more snaps than, than Matt Breda. But volume doesn't always matter when it's going to be really bad volume. Uh, I think you can play him as a flex option, right? So, or if you're desperate, like, yeah, he, he can play him. He's not going to get you zero points. He'll get you something. He actually has been doing really good in the passing game. He's um, averaging five targets, four and a half receiving yard, or four and a half receptions, 28 receiving yards uh, per game so far. That's a solid floor. So he's not going to get you nothing, but I would rather not play Miles Gaskin. There's probably better options for you. This next one, I think I'm a little against the grain on the Ernest Johnson of the Browns. I know he's been a hot waiver wire pickup. I, I don't really buy it. I get it. Like I mentioned before, the Browns, they want to run the ball. I think they're going to give Kareem Hunt all the work he can handle. First of all, he's a great play uh, for a while because it sounds like Chubb's going to be out for a while. But Dontrell Hilliard, I don't think – sorry, Dontrell Hilliard is going to, going to see some snaps as well. Excuse me. So to Ernest Johnson, I'm not rushing out to pick up or play, uh, in part because Dontrell Hilliard, a third-year player, he played 20% of the snaps last week after Chubb went out. So if Dontrell Hilliard got 20%, to Ernest Johnson got 23%, barely outsnapped him. Uh, Hunt had 35% in that game. Chubb had 19%. So, no, I don't think that to Ernest Johnson is just going to automatically get Nick Chubb role or that uh, Kareem Hunt is going to become Nick Chubb and to Ernest Johnson is going to become Kareem Hunt. Like, he's not these guys. He's not the same talent level as those guys. So, yeah, yes, you can play him if you're desperate and you need somebody. But uh, where do I even have him ranked? Let me check quick because I'm sure that I'm lower than most people. Uh, I have him ranked as running back 41. So some guys that I have around him, I have Philip Lindsay. Assuming Philip Lindsay is back, I'm going to play Philip Lindsay over to Ernest Johnson. Again, I think I might be against the grain on that one. Um, Damien Harris for the Patriots, uh, James White also for the Patriots. Uh, so yeah, I am not high under Ernest Johnson. He could prove me wrong. Maybe he comes out and has a huge week, but I'm uh, telling it. 
and I probably just spent way more time than I needed to to talk about him. Uh, okay, sorry, I was reading a comment there. It looks like there's some good side discussion going on. That's awesome. So next running back situation I want to avoid is the 49ers backfield in general. Now, again, I will play Jarek McKinnon. I think he's okay this week. I've got him as my running back 24. Miami's been okay-ish against running backs. They're not getting throttled. Um, they've had two good games, two bad games. It's not really the matchup that I'm worried about, and it's not even this week. But Jarek McKinnon, his time is coming to an end. Uh, Raheem Mostert is going to come back, if not this week, soon. Once Mostert comes back, it's going to be just a messy backfield again. And I think they'll all have their weeks. I think McKinnon will have his weeks. Mostert will have his weeks. Jeff Wilson will steal touchdowns. But in the long run, I don't want any of them. So this is a perfect candidate that if you know somebody needs a running back, trade away Jarek McKinnon, get something better in return that can help you consistently all season long. That's my, my take on the, the 49ers backfield. I just don't, I don't want to play the guessing game when it comes to them. Uh, speaking of trades, there is one more running back that I want to talk about as somebody that I am actively trying to trade away if I can. This is actually uh, part of an article that's going to come out tomorrow on the Fantasy Footballers website. We have a, a Fantasy Day Trader article that comes out every week where a bunch of the writers talk about players that we want to either trade for or trade away. And the player that I want to trade away, if I can, is Chris Carson. Chris Carson has been great. He is the running back five on the season so far. Uh, he has five total touchdowns. That's awesome. Through four weeks, five touchdowns. It's also probably unsustainable. He had two of those, or he had three of those come in the first two weeks, and they were through the air, something that he's fine with. He's a, he's a good pass catcher, but it's not really his game. And then last week, he had two touchdowns. They were both one-yard plunges into the end zone, not something that you're going to get every week. Again, the Seahawks have been unleashing Russell Wilson. They're passing the ball probably because they have to because their defense is so bad. So uh, Carson is 19th in the league in rush yards. So the yards don't really match the touchdowns at this point. And I think that they're going to be flipping the other way at some point. I think that touchdown regression is coming. Not to mention his, his running style and his injury history, they kind of always have to be taken into consideration. So I love the idea right now. If I have Chris Carson on my roster, I'm reaching out to any team that has some piece that I would prefer, and I am touting him as, hey, I have the running back five, and I'm willing to make a deal with you here. You know, I'm taking the bad end of this. You're getting a better running back, but I just need such and such back. I really like him as a, a two for one. So you get a, a, a second tier running back and a second tier wide receiver, because I think Carson is just not going to be a top 10 running back for the long haul. All right, that's my, my running back discussion there for uh, the running back situations I'm avoiding. We got a couple more positions to go through here. Again, as I keep talking, feel free to ask questions in the discussion or speak up, uh, ask to talk if you want to ask something specifically here. Uh, wide receivers, Devontae Parker, great receiver last week against, uh, he didn't get in the end zone, but he was over 100 yards. He was one of my favorite plays last week. I've already talked about the San Francisco situation. So I think I'm a little lower than most on Devontae Parker. Uh, like I, I've got him as the wide receiver 25 in my rankings. So again, you don't have to just, I'm not saying bench him, but I'm saying look for better options. You might have better options on your team. Uh, Julian Edelman, I 
really don't want to play Julian Edelman against Denver. Uh, Julian Edelman has been Mr. Consistency over the past couple of years, over most of his career, really. But he has uncharacteristically had two bad weeks in a row. He was the wide receiver 88 and the wide receiver 67. Those are not people you want in your lineup. He might be a little banged up. New England hasn't said anything, but who are we kidding? It's New England, so unless they have to, they're probably not going, going to. He only played 61% of the snaps last week. That's a season low, and that's really low for a slot receiver uh, or an Edelman-type guy. Those receivers are typically out there for 80%, 90% of snaps. Not to mention, the QB situation is not good. Uh, I, it sounds like Cam Newton will not be able to get cleared for the game uh, with the COVID designation. It sounds like he's doing fine, but there's a specific timeline they have to follow. It sounds like he's not there yet. Uh, so don't like him at all. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. I want to mention LaVisca Chenault, who I like a lot as a player. I like, I love watching him, love him as a football player. But I've heard a lot of buzz and seen a lot of questions about Chenault this week. And I just, I don't quite get the buzz. He's a, he's, I got him ranked as wide receiver 42. And he, he's just not an every down player. He's played hovering around 60, 50, 60% of the snaps in the four games so far this season. DJ Shark is back and looked great again. Uh, Keelan Cole is still there. Chris Conley is still getting targets. And James Robinson is the way they kind of seem to want to make that offense move. So LaVisca Chenault's going to get the ball in his hands a couple times. And yeah, he's an exciting player, but he's not somebody that I want to rely on. And I'm not, I saw a lot of, a couple questions came in about dropping like uh, actually usable wide receivers, established wide receivers. That's what I was looking for. Uh, people wanted to drop established receivers for Snolf, and I get it because he's a rookie and he's flashy and he's fun to watch, but I don't want him in my lineups, at least not this week. If you want to bench stash him, I can't talk you out of that. I like him as a bench stash, but not as a player this week. For tight ends, <laughs> this is I should probably stop ending the show on uh, tight ends that I'm avoiding because they're, they're really, it's hard to say to avoid any tight end that is semi-productive or has an okay matchup, take your dart throws at tight ends if you don't have one of the top four or five guys. I can tell you two guys that I am not playing if I don't have to is Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski, the, uh, the old guys in the, in the tight end room. Jimmy Graham finally fell off a little bit of the cliff last week. Uh, I had mentioned he put up those two touchdowns against Atlanta in week three, but I, he, I can't trust Jimmy Graham anymore. He's, He's got flashes, and yes, he might get a touchdown, so might any other tight end. And Rob Gronkowski, even with O.J. Howard going down, I just Mike Evans is there, Cameron Brait is still there, and I don't want to trust them. So I, I mentioned like earlier that I like Ian Thomas. I'm playing Ian Thomas over both of those guys. I am playing – I the, the line for me is Logan Thomas. I don't know what to do with Logan Thomas now because he's been getting targets – but they have not amounted to anything. Now they have a new quarterback in Kyle Allen. So maybe things turn around for him. I think push comes to shove. I think I would play Logan Thomas over Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. So that is my, like, that's me talking through my process this week of the players that I, I like, the players that I don't like so much and the entire thing. So if there are any questions, this is the perfect time to, Speak up, ask, ask any questions if you got anything. I'm going to hang out for another minute or two here. 
see if any news has popped up while I've been talking. And if you've got any start situations or anything like that, now is the time. Um, you can also always find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle, <laughs> my Twitter handle is at AA Larson. Uh, I you know make a lot of posts, just fantasy football related stuff there. I post all my articles there. Uh, I'll post every time I go live in here. I'll, I'll throw up a post. Uh, this episode is going to be on my podcast feed. So it's the process fantasy football podcast that has a Twitter handle at the FFP or excuse me at the process FFP. I got to stop scrambling my words here. So anyways, uh, if there aren't any questions at the moment, I'm going to wrap this up. I am going to be going live again on Sunday afternoon. I'm going to go a little save your Sunday session, a little reaction to the early games. I'm going to go at uh, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, right before those afternoon games kick off. If you need to make any, any pivots, if you've had an injury or somebody just really disappointed and you need to chase points, I'll be looking at some options you have in the, the later afternoon games, Sunday night game, Monday night game. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. But that is going to do it for the week five process. And I will be posting this, like I said. But if you could follow me on Twitter, that would be awesome. Once this goes out into my podcast feed, if you could look it up, um, give me a, a rating and review. Those are always super helpful. So thanks for listening. And I will talk to you all later.